we seem to find ourselves always on the cusp of conflict in some way, form, or fashion, don't we? You know? Um, it's, uh, it's almost every level, and, at every level of our lives, and in every dimension of our society, there's some element of conflict that, 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 that's, that's present. It's kind of our nature. And can I say this? I think we like it. I think we like conflict. Now, as uncomfortable as it is sometimes, I think we like it. Sometimes conflict is good, and, and, it's, and it's the right thing at the right time. But I think we like it too much. We like to win. Yet, even though fighting and conflict is, can be very, very destructive to people and relationships and things and, and, and communities, we like to win. Anybody? I like to win. Do you like to win? Is there anybody who doesn't like to win? Okay. We like to win, and that drives it. That's one of the things that drives it. Okay. We enjoy winning. Even if we're not involved in a conflict where we can win, we enjoy winning vicariously. Yeah. I remember, you know, when you remember the old the, the Vietnam War and, and how that ended and stuff, and, and within the next 15, 20 years came out all these movies with Chuck Norris and stuff where we went and won. You know, you get it? You understand? We had to win. And so we liked watching uh, us winning. You know, it's the movies that we watch, the books that we read, almost, uh, you know, all of our entertainment. Some of it's just wacko. They put people in cages and beat each other up, you know? And, and it just gets bigger and bigger and more popular. We like conflict. We like to win. And, we, and if we're not involved in it ourselves, we'll do it vicariously. Even our football, okay? If you're, a, if you're a student of history, you'll know that the Greek city-states would go from places. There was warfare all the time. And football, is, if, if you'll let me run down this little trail, if, if football's a little bit like that. We're allowed to kind of like vicariously uh, win against other city-states, whether it's our school that's winning and playing or our or, or Buffalo. Yeah, let's not use Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, okay. We got some we got some diehard fans. We want to win. We want to vicariously win. But so we and it's relatively bloodless that way. It's not like uh, like the Greek city states duking it out and taking slaves and stuff like that. I mean, think about it. Now, I'm, I'm sure there's not hardly anyone who who doesn't know this song. We are the champions, my friend, right? And we'll keep on what? Fighting till the... Okay, all right, you, you got it. I say we're, we're completely immersed in, in fighting and winning, okay? And so let me, let me read a couple little things. I'll get to the scripture, I promise you, okay? My wife and I were happy for 20 years. Then we met. 
That's written by Don, Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, so you get it, okay? There was a lady, her name was, uh, her name was uh, Valerie Runyon. She said, soon after our last child left home for college, my husband was resting next to me on the couch with his head in my lap, and I carefully removed his glasses. You know, honey, I said sweetly, without your glasses, you look like the same handsome young man I married. <laughs> honey... He replied with a grin, without my glasses, you, you still pretty, look pretty good too. I think that was a prelude to a fight. Okay. Conflict. We like to win. Winning always presupposes lo- there's a loser in that, okay? Yet when, it, when we speak of the family, you know, are there any families here that are just like angelic, they never fight, Okay. I don't want any... Oh, somebody popped up. They said, no, no. <laughs> you know, there are fights that, that take place in the family, right? Or, or, and it can, be, it can go from anything from the kind of fights that Valley and I have. And I'd say they're really mild. It's like, I just kind of know I've done something wrong. <laughs> and it takes me about six or seven miles to get it out of her. And she'll finally, she'll find, you know, so we'll have that kind of a thing. Or there'll be a quick word here or there. And that, that's, that's all of it. It'll go from anything like that, uh, the silent treatment, all the way to a knockdown drag out where we've got to call the police and somebody needs to go to the shelter. <laughs> I mean, really? Okay. Dad's taken away in It's always dad. Taken away in handcuffs. And mom, who probably is the one who used the bat in the first place. She gets to stay in the home, right? I'm teasing, but, but you understand, it, uh, we fight. We, we have conflicts. Uh, some of it, it, it's inevitable. And I hope that, I hope that our love of, of this kind of warfare is not what's driving the things in the home. Okay? Uh, certainly, there's going to be disagreements. Go with me to Genesis, the 27th chapter. There's a, a couple of passages I'll use this morning, and then we'll get on. Now, this is, this is about a family squabble. There's plenty of those in the Scripture, but I, I, this one's the one that came to mind when I, when, I, when, I, when I started thinking about some of the issues that take place and how destructive family, th- family fights are. It says, Now it came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son, his older son, Esau, and said to him, My son, my son, uh, and he said to him, Here am I. Isaac said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. I'm getting ready to die. So now please take your gear, your quiver, your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a savory dish for me such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. Rebecca, his wife. Now, Jacob, and I said this before, Jacob learned how to be squirrely from his mother. Think about that. Women know how to fight, but it's, no, it's, it's seldom if it's seldom is it put up your dukes. So, guys, if you think you're going to get, you're going to you're going to walk out on the plane and say unsheath your sword and cross it with your wife, you've got to, you'll find that you you'll go out on the you'll go out on the field and you'll find that you have been flanked, 
and that, that she is behind you. She's got your. She's got all the supply wagons. And the battle's over, and, and battle's already over. I'm teasing. We're having fun here, okay? But, but Rebecca was listening while Isaac spoke to his son. So when Esau went to the field uh, to hunt for game and to bring it home, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother. And so it, it, it began. So interesting. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell the story. Jacob was the younger the blessing was supposed to go to the eldest son. Okay? The blessing was like the inheritance. I'm going to give you all these things. And when, 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 when Isaac blessed, God's hand was on it. It was binding. And so here is Jacob. So Jacob was kind of a guy, you know, you know it's, it's like you would say, well, he's more of a, of a, a, of a white collar. He works on the computer. And Esau was more of a huntsman. He'd go to the field. So, so uh, Isaac says, said to, to Esau, his oldest son, go out and get me some food. You come back in, prepare it for me, then I'll bless you. Rebekah heard that and, and, and dressed, <laughs> dressed Jacob up to be hairy. Put some animal skins on his, on his arms. Now, uh, Isaac couldn't see, obviously couldn't see. For the text tells us that he, that he couldn't visualize, he couldn't see who it was. He, he put uh, Jacob dressed up in hairy uh, uh, things and, and, and put, put uh, his brother's clothes on so he would smell like the field. And then he went in. He, uh, Rebecca was in on this because she helped him put this all together. The meal and everything. Brought it to dad. Says, wow, you're, you're back early, Esau. Says, you are Esau, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Esau. Says, you sound like, you sound like Jacob. I'm, I'm Esau. I'm Esau. So, and, and so he eats this food and then he blesses Jacob. But he thinks he's blessing Esau. So basically, he gives, essentially gives the younger son rights, inheritance rights, and governing rights over his oldest brother. Now Esau comes back, you know, meanwhile back at the farm, right? Meanwhile, Esau's been out hunting, and he comes in, and it's revealed that the lie has taken place, that, that Jacob has, in a sense, supplanted his brother. That through lies, lying and deceit, he has, he has, he's gotten the goods. He's, he's grabbed the inheritance and all of these things. The blessing, the inheritance was something else. But it goes on to verse 41. And there's a lot more there, but let me, let me, let me touch this. He says, so Esau bore a grudge against Jacob. I understand that. Everybody understand Why? So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Family fights. Family fights. Conflict. Winning. Losing. Families. Destroyed. Now, the thought came to me. How often, how often, teams, have you ever seen a team? 
where they had some real ringers, had a ringer there. Five men on the basketball court. But there was one guy, he was a real hot, hot dog. And he, he was making all the plays. To the degree he wasn't playing, they weren't playing as a team. He was hogging the ball and he was putting in the basket every, even when he didn't have a shot, he'd take one. You've been familiar with that, haven't you? Everybody who's been around has seen that kind of a thing and ultimately the team lost. But he won. He had probably a banner night. A banner night. He had a victory. He, 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 he had, he, in other words, his personal record was up here. His pro, personal point record was up here, but his team lost. Folks, sometimes that's what happens in the family. And conflicts. If there is a team that God has ever put together, it was the family. The basis of all of, of all institutions and all organizations in this world is that, that husband and wife and those kids, that team. And of course, it 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 it, it, it moves from there to, to uh, brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and you know, but. We like to fight, don't we? We like to fight. You know? Let me just say a couple more things about that. I've seen team, the family team, where they weren't, play, weren't living and working as a team. I've seen fathers who would consume all the resources. My father was that way. He was addicted to alcohol. He had to have his beer no matter what. There were times when he got a hold of that paycheck too early. There wouldn't be food. He would have, he would have had a couple nights drunk and there wouldn't be food in the house. Okay? There are Ladies who don't work as a team, they're just focusing on themselves. It's always new clothing, it's always new this, it's always new that. Likewise, equally diminishes the power of the family and the family's well-being. Children too. And parents are usually involved in this. They got to have this. They got to have that. They got to have this to be a part of the family. I've seen families literally having economic issues because their kid had to have the right kind of phone. And mom was just taking, throwing it at him, throwing it at him. Having a hard time paying, paying bills. See? Because of what was necessary. Now, what does the scripture say in James? Well, what's the source? What's the reason for all of this? What's the motivation or the drive? It's not just a drive to win. James 4.1 says, What is the source of the quarrels and the conflicts among you? I understand the context of this has to do with the church, but I think there's a universal uh, principle here that, 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 that's revealed. He says, What's the source of the conflict? Says, is it uh, is it not the is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? In other words, there's something inside of you 
that says, I've got to have mine. I have to win. And I'll win at any cost. And, and beloved, beloved, there is a cost. There's an amazing cost when it comes to winning in the, in the you might say, the, the, the most important uh, community uh, in, in, in your life, and that's your family. Self-interest is the source of conflict. Self-interest, the source of conflict in the home. I want to, in the bulletin, I, I use the passage that is, is and just go to this 1 Corinthians 13, if we will, that passage. My beloved wife is on the, the computer and making it work for me, for us. I like this passage, and I know it's, it's used in a variety of settings, and I'll, I'll talk about the context before I move on to the principles that I think are, are there, that are, that are universal. First um, Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag, and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And then he speaks of gifts of prophecy. The context here is a church, which is kind of like a family, isn't it? Church where people were expressing themselves. You know what I'm saying? They were expressing themselves. It was this tongue and that tongue and this tongue. We heard a tongue today. There's a tongue over here. When I say a tongue, a glossolalia or a, a, a you know, that's a part of that's part of the community. But they were doing this, this, and that. They were just talking. They were stepping all over each other. And they thought that that was spiritual. You know how spiritual it is. Now, you know, and, and, and rightfully we, we understand that a tongue and interpretation, there's a tongue for worship, there's a tongue for, for prayer. There, there are varieties of gifts, we understand that. But even in the, the context of that, we see an overarching principle that seems to, that should, uh, you might say, direct the traffic when it, even when it comes to spiritual gifts. It's, it's regard for one another. It's regard and love for each other so that whatever I do doesn't step in the middle of your patch, but, but strengthens you and blesses you. So, so we can go back and say, what is this love thing? Is it, I understand in, in our world today we have been convinced that love has to do with something that I feel. And that's more like lust. Love is this. Would you, would you go with me through that again? I mean, sometimes it's, it's best to see what something is against a different kind of a backdrop. And the backdrop is love's patient. Ever been impatient? Yeah. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag and it's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Didn't I earlier say that self-interest was, drives conflict? 
It's not provoked. Another translation would say not easily provoked. Does not take into account wrong. Does not rejoice uh, in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. Folks, if you can master those things, you're a perfect person. I don't have all that down. I get jealous sometimes. I get angry and I'm, and I'm provoked sometimes. Sometimes if I look in the mirror and I'm completely honest with myself, I'm thinking about me. Okay? But know this, that all of those things that I've in a sense confessed to and I could confess all day and you don't want to hear it anyway... All of those things will bring me into conflict with somebody else that needs my love and needs my compassion, needs my care. So this, you see, you understand that that, that makes the, these things universal. Applied to relationships, applied to my wife, applied to my kids, applied to the people that I care about here in church, uh, applied to, 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 to almost every relationship. Families. I said before that probably the, the, the most important community or that is that family unit. And there are limited resources in every home. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about uh, uh, effort. There's only, there's, there might be only one car in the house. And sometimes the conflict, oh, well, I want to go here, I want to go there. I want to see this movie. I want to see that movie. I want to eat this. I want to eat that. I need a new phone. You know, as, 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 as goofy as some of that sounds, that's the, that are, that, those are some of the essential things that, that bring conflict in the home. Essentially, it's what we want. It's what I want. Now, we can do a whole lot as a team. But it's going to take something. It's going to take... Now, Ephesians, the 6th chapter, 5th and 6th chapter, talks about husbands. Now, see, the price of leading, gentlemen, is, is death. You, know, you might say, I'm the head of the home. I, God made me the head of the home. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting into territory I didn't even talk to tell my wife about. But uh, the scripture is real clear that you lead from the front gentlemen. You lead from the front. And it says, and you're to love your wife. And could I just add your family there? As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. It's going to entail some level of sacrifice. Doesn't mean that you have to just kind of lay down and say, well, whatever you want, honey. Doesn't mean that. But nor should you be out there and say, well, I've got everything I want. My kids, my, well, they're, they're on their own. They're going to do the best they can. I did. We don't need 40-year-old children. I can't use, God can't use 40, 45-year-old children. Men 
who are focused on themselves. Can't, you know, what good is that? You lead from the front. It requires, in a sense, sacrifice. How about it also requires listening to the team leader? Wife, children, you've got, you've got people that you're looking up to and listen, you've got to listen to dad. If dad's not on the scene, listen to mom. Come to, come to some, something where you're together. Hopefully, that man is leading with some level of sense of sacrifice and love. Caring for you. Willing to put himself down for you. But you've got to listen to the team leader, so to speak. And not only that, might as well stay with the sports analogies, okay? <laughs> listen to the coach. God is the one who is laying out the ground rules. He created you. He put, he put men and women together. He, he, he formed them from the dirt of the earth and, and, and said, come together and enjoy one another and make children and, and have great lives and all of those wonderful things. And then he lays down how we should interact. It's always sacrificial. It's always caring. It's always looking for the good of the other person. Everything, even in the church, says when the gifts of the Spirit are moving within you, the purpose of the, of the gifts of the Spirit is to benefit somebody else. And whenever things get awry, it's because I'm looking at myself and I'm enjoying it's about me. I mean, can't we see how, I mean, and we've got, so, we've got such proclivities toward that, don't we? I mean, I, 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 I wake up and I'm hungry. I wake up and I want my coffee. I wake up and I, I look on, on television and see something that I want. Ah, all the... The, the, the conflicts and the difficulties that we, that, we, that we enjoy. That we enjoy. But God, God has made us in such a way that he wants us to win. I believe that. But you don't win by, sacri- by sacrificing your team members, do you? We've, we had a, a saying, and I know this is not, this is not new. I, like I said before, you lead from the begin- front. And you never leave anybody on the field. That, that woman next to you, that man next to you, those kids, and we will not leave them behind. We will not leave them behind. We will do what it takes to bring them into the fold, to keep them in the fold. Amen? Does that make sense? Conflict in the home, it's natural. The thing that I would have you to take away from this today. Stand with me if you will. The thing that I would have you to take away is first of all recognize that, that, that conflict in the home usually comes from the self-interest of somebody. Driven by self-interest, not by group interest. Okay? I know that that kind of fingers its way out, almost like oak roots in your yard. It just goes in every direction, self-interest. But I know one thing that will cut it off 
is bowing and uh, bowing yourself, not only before God but before your family, and say, "What? How? How can I serve my wife? How can I serve my husband? How can I serve my children? How can I serve my parents?" These are the things we need to take out today. Let's let's, let's musicians, if you will, musicians. I don't know where you're... We've been talking about family games all week. Or all, all month. I like the idea that God can heal all things. I don't... You know, we're not perfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all been selfish. We've all been... We've, we've all uh, created and been responsible for conflict... In, in our homes. We've all been that way. I don't know what that's done to your families. Pride gets in the way. Pride gets in the way. Some of us are estranged from our children or estranged. You may be living in this same house, but you're estranged from your children, your, your wife, your family. There's still something between you. And you don't have the courage. You haven't. You've made every excuse in the book. Every time it comes up in your mind, every time the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you it's the Holy Spirit who's bringing it back to your attention. You have a reason why you're right. Yet the situation remains unresolved. Situation remains unresolved. Let me throw something out at you that, that this is Christianity. Why would you not rather yourself be defrauded? Oh, we can't do that. That's not fair. That's not just. That was Paul's, that was Paul's statement. To people seeking justice, he said, I don't get it. For the cause of Christ and for the, the one who is inside of you and the Holy Spirit and the love and the forgiveness that you have received, why would you not rather be uh, uh, defrauded than to, than to seek this kind of justice and to keep this conflict stirring? Because of our arrogance. Because of our, self, our self-interest. Because of our pride. you persist in that vein you will never be healed if you persist in that vein you will forever have those walls between you and that other person the greatest power is in your family and your team the person to the left and to the right of you humble yourselves Before the mighty hand of God and he will, what? He will exalt you. How would you like to be exalted by God? How would you like to have that that relationship in in a great place? Is the pride worth it? Is being right worth it? Is it? I don't think it is. (laughs) I don't think it is. This altar is open. Pray for your family. Pray for yourself. If you're here, you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to pray for you. 
as other people might, uh, as other people come and, and pray to the, my left and to my right, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to introduce you to the Savior of the world. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you may have been religious, you may have gone to church, but you don't know him, and you know that. You know that. I want to introduce you to Jesus. You come and meet me here as other people come and pray. Folks, come. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray for the needs that that are in our families. Let's pray for the conflicts that are there that never seem to go away. God can do all things, folks. God can do all things. If you're here for the first time, if you've never given your heart to Christ, I want to pray with you. Come, come. Let's sing, let's worship. (laughs) God is, he's, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. My wife and I were happy for 22 years. Then we met. And it's gotten better. It's even gotten better. And Jesus was the key. Jesus was the key. I had enough in me, enough self-interest in me, still have it. That could make our lives miserable. Enough aggression to make it miserable. But he's made all the difference for us. 36 years this last week. Yeah. yeah. That that wasn't the reason. Other people were having great marriage things too. But he makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Go with Jesus. Go in him. Be the courageous one. Don't wait for somebody else to break the ice and to fix to heal a wound to reach across the aisle to build a bridge somebody has to be the courageous one someone has to be the catalyst for healing in your home in every relationship so why not you you have the holy spirit you have jesus you have his word amen amen